Excuse me, calm down. Schmitty, you've been riding my ass for two months ever since Rory left. You need to bring in this motherfucker? Welcome to Something Crunchy. Tyler is homies with Blake. Blake is the older bro of Blair. Blair is married to Tyler and is a slutty slut slut. Welcome to Something Crunchy. What the hell is crunchy? Welcome to Something Crunchy. Welcome to another special edition episode of Something Crunchy. I'm Cullen Blake. With me as always, Blair and Tyler Dressel. We have another very funny guest joining us tonight. You've seen him in shows like Mad Men, Billions, Crashing, Louie, and The Office, and he's performing tonight through the weekend at the Las Vegas Comedy Cellar. Please welcome Alan Havey. Wow. <laughs> wow. I didn't wow. know you guys had a live audience here. It's very impressive. <laughs> live audience. There's a lot of us here. Thank you for joining us. How are you, sir? I'm pretty good. Uh, just kind of in the uh, cusp of my day between regular life and going on stage. Yeah, in Vegas through the 25th. Tickets still available at ComedyCellar.com. You're no stranger to Vegas. You've played this room several times. What do you like doing there when you're not performing? Do you spend time on the strip or avoid it completely? <laughs> no, I, I avoid it. I avoid the strip completely. Even when I was working back at the Improv at Harris, uh, which was located on the strip, um, uh, Vegas is the healthiest week of my life because uh, when I worked at the improv, uh, I didn't drink there. There's there's booze backstage here, so I'll have a couple drinks a week. But I don't gamble. I don't drink a lot when I'm on the road, and I'm married, so I don't mess around. I I read. I watch uh, your room service movies. Guy. No, not I, room service. I'll go. I'll, I I like to drive from LA, go out my car, and they have nice little funky restaurants around Vegas. So I'll I'll treat myself to a nice lunch and. You know, and then get back here, try to nap before I go on. What are your favorite hidden gems of Vegas? There's this place in the arts districts called Esther's Kitchen. I really like. I hit that about three times a week when I'm here. Nice. But uh, this is my last week this calendar year in Vegas because uh, we start shooting billions around mid-November. Billions uh, coming back. And this is yeah. season seven. Is that right? Seventh and final season. Seventh and oh, final, final season. Any Damian Lewis? I, I don't know, and if I did, I certainly want to tell you. <laughs> yeah, we get a lot of that around here. <laughs> yeah, we sure do. Expect yeah, no, I, <laughs> it's I, to be expected. You know, people say, hey, tell me about Paul Giamatti. And I go, why don't you ask him yourself? <laughs> I don't, <laughs> yeah, I don't, uh, I don't give up people. But, uh, you know, they like to keep things secret. Well, Mad Men, I had to sign an NDA, non-disclosure agreement. Really? Yeah. And in fact, I lost a friend of mine who was upset that I didn't tell him because I originally made a, a appearance in season five, a couple in season five. And then they brought me back for season six. And uh, they said, don't tell anybody you're I had to lie to everybody but my wife, which is very unusual. Yeah. <laughs> you're yeah. just the other way around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it is hard. But I'll tell you what, it really worked because uh, by not talking about it and just dealing with it when I was on set. It kind of focused me and it was kind of fun to have that secret. And I had a lot of people say, Hey, you're going to be, because I was on season five. Said, hey, you're coming up in season six because they fired Draper. I go, I go, no, I haven't heard anything. <laughs> I love your yeah. journey to Mad Men. So, I mean, like the rest of us, this was one of your favorite shows and you auditioned for Lou with hyper focus on wanting to be on the series. Was this the case oh, for yeah. Billions or any other projects you were part of? Yeah. Well, Billions, well, I, I've known the showrunners, Brian Koppelman and David Levine, I've known them for 30 years. 
And oh, I wow. remember when they first wrote their first screenplay, Rounders, and they sent it to me in L.A. just to read it, get my opinion, and it was terrific. And it's always a relief when you have a friend that writes something yeah. or wants to come see you in a club or a play. And it's such a relief when they're good. But uh, I thought the screenplay was excellent. And, of course, they've gone on to have a fantastic career still having it. So Yeah. Um, and on Mad Men, when you were casted, you weren't just a guy in the office. Your character took over Draper's job, took his office, it, and you were his superior. It still blows my mind because, <laughs> I, you know, it, I, I, it's, my wife will say, do you believe it? I go, nope, I don't believe it. This is like, you know, it's been, it's, this December will be 10 years when I first auditioned for them. Wow. wow. Actually, that wasn't, Jeez. I auditioned, I auditioned for a doctor in season two, the doctor that, after Peggy has her baby. Uh, I auditioned for the doctor that interviews her after that and says, do you know who the president is? All that. that oh, stuff. this, this yeah. worked out much better. Yeah. yeah. So I'm glad I didn't get that part. <laughs> no, yeah. this worked out perfectly. No, you missed out on yeah, it was, scouts on her and all that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, <laughs> anything that any, it was just a, a pure joy to work on that show. There was no downside. Same thing with billions. I mean, sometimes you go on a show and you know, there's someone irritable or there's a problem or, you know, uh, but uh, as far as those two projects go, pure joy. And the writing was fantastic on both. Big fans of both yeah. shows. Is there anything new that you have, you know, have set your sights on? Um, well, yeah. Well, listen, there's a couple shows out there I'd love to be on, but uh, I, I don't think I coveted anything more than I coveted being on Mad Men. Uh, also, working with certain directors, I wanted to work with the Coen brothers since blood simple came out in the, you know, early eighties, mid eighties. So that, yeah, that was a good, so I got, yeah, that audition. I, uh, I mean, I I always try to prep as much as I can, but that one, I was in a fever pitch. I just did all this research on this one audition. I did it for an assistant. And in fact, I can, I found I was in Vegas. This is having lunch with this guy and his, uh, he said, yeah, my son just auditioned for the Coen brothers. I said, really? Yeah. <laughs> and he said, hey, he said, how was Matt Weiner on Mad Men? Was he good to audition for? I go, yeah, great. Very empathetic toward actors. And, and he said, yeah, my, my son said the same thing about the Coen brothers. And he goes, I go, when did he audition? He goes, last week. I go, that's fantastic. <laughs> and, then, and then after I, I left uh, the lunch, I got on the cell phone and called my manager. And they said, oh, we already submitted you for that. I go, submit me again with both feet jump on them i don't care who i read for yeah i need to get in that door and they got me an audition for an assistant then i got called back and auditioned for the brothers and then 10 days later they called me and said you got the part so it was i was really lucky yeah that's a big deal that That was a hell of a cast yeah i i i I love the movies and uh it it was a great day and i got also to work with not only the actors on the set but uh, Roger Deakins, the cinematographer, whose work I've admired for a long time, I, I'm a kind of a film nut. So it was all good. And there's been no downside to my life. It's all been gravy <laughs> and butterflies and buttercups. Of course, right? No yeah. adversity whatsoever. No. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I had a heckler back in 1987. But... <laughs> 
That's what makes your comedy so interesting. Yeah, and we are are big fans of your comedy and, of course, your on-screen roles. But my favorite shit is when you combine the two. Your bit in Louie makes me laugh every time. Mm. And the meltdown speech you gave in Crashing. Oh, Crashing. It's just so epic. That's probably one of my favorite scenes just like in any show I've seen. You wrote that meltdown scene yourself, did you not? No, 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 I didn't write it down. It kind of took bullet notes. But they had written something out. But, uh, you know, they said uh, Judd... Uh, I, they auditioned a bunch of actors in New York and they weren't happy with them. So Apatow, who had cast me in something else, and I've known Judd for years when he started out as a comedian, um, I said, well, just cast Haiti. He can do this. So because, you know, I have a reputation of being a little irritable. Um, <laughs> it was perfection. Yeah, mild, mildly irritable. And uh, so, in fact, and this sounds like, again, I was in uh, London. I went to see uh, Wimbledon. 2016 and i was staying at the hotel yeah i mean this is i was on the gravy train of life (laughs) and i and i got an email said uh yeah judd has cast you in crashing and and i read the the script i went oh my god oh this is gonna be so much fun and uh i i had a ball i never met pete holmes so first time i worked with him and he was terrific and i forget the director's name they just they just let me loose on those uh uh, extras with atmosphere people. Let me tell you, in that <laughs> that scene, they were all actors. That wasn't the real audience. It wasn't Rachel Ray's audience. And those actors were terrific because they gave me a solid wall to bounce off of. Yeah, they when looked I horrified. Started, <laughs> yes, and, and they all looked horrified. And it was fantastic. That, I mean, let me tell you, that really helps, you know. That had and to have been they, fun. It was a lot of fun. Was that a big release? It felt like there was a lot of truth in there. Well, I'd never done warm-up, but after that aired on Facebook, uh, I heard from every warm-up comedian I've ever met. (laughs) And they were all like, thank you so much (laughs) uh, for doing that. Yeah, that was was a fun day. Oh, that's great. And and Louie was, too. That uh, appearance on Louie. And, you know, I got to work with Melissa Leo. Was that your yeah. material? I know that that's typically a scripted show. Um, your bit of it, it, it is scripted, but uh, the stand-up stuff was mine. Oh, that was so funny. Yes, it was good. The, and the, the I'll bit tell you about the penis relaxing in the chair with the pipe. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's priceless. Yeah. I, uh, if you notice in that scene, I have a cardigan sweater on and my hair is combed. Just a little bit to the side. <laughs> I said I did it just in case the Mad Men people oh, were watching. So yeah. You didn't do it straight back. You did a little part. In case so, you need to see yeah. the look. Yeah. Not, a, not a part, just a little back. So, And for the audition for Mad Men, I wore the cardigan. And, uh, how and, how and, frequently you know, does I, that happen? The strategic move to kind of audition for a different show while you're appearing on another show? Uh, it's the first time I've done it, but it worked, you know, it did work. it, well, I don't know if it worked, but I subconsciously, it kind of got into Matt Weiner's head and they had That's already right. used me. So he asked my manager, can I want to really act? She goes, what do you mean? She goes, well, Louie, but that's improvised. She goes, no, it's scripted. Just the standup was his. So, so the, they called me in and, and they wanted me to continue the character, but I had to re-audition for that part. If I had gone in for season six and blown that audition or not done a good job, they would have gotten another actor. Yeah. You know, and they, when they first, the first day back of that new season, it was my scenes in chronological order. 
And wow. I know why they did that because they do that and go, let's see how this works out. If it doesn't, then we eat the day of shooting. We hire somebody else. Yes. So if I, that's unusual. Yes, it is unusual, but I think they were just saying, let's see how he does. That's just my guess. Hmm. Um, and, but if I had blown it because I was so nervous, I was so excited because I'm working with this cast I've loved for years, but I, I just kind of, I was a little standoffish to that side because I was a boss, so fuck them, you know. <laughs> but everyone, to a person, was great on that set. It, it was fantastic. Oh, that's, cool. that's cool. Yeah, when you walk into a show like that, it's you know, it's like going to play for the Yankees, or you know, they're everyone's good. They've got it down. They've got the, you know, it was a solid atmosphere to do your best. Yeah. yeah. Oh, totally professional. So to nerd so, out on some stand-up real quick, how much of your touring act is like, what's the formula to things that you're workshopping and things that you know uh, are hits in your back pocket? Well, um, my last Letterman was about 10 years ago. And I did 10 of them. I did five oh, on yeah, NBC. I did a bunch of Letterman. Well, five on CBS. Oh, Jake Johansson did 45. So, wow. yeah. Jeez. Um, 45, jeez. But after, after my last Letterman, uh, I, I cut back on my road work and I concentrated more on acting in the last 10 years. And certainly, fortunately, knock on, uh, fake wood here in Vegas. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's really, it's really paid off, yeah. you know? Uh, and so I've, I just been doing, uh, I really, uh, just do, uh, Vegas now, uh, Tahoe closed a couple other places closed in Palm Springs. So I do Hermosa. Uh, Comedy Magic Club, which is a great club. I do a couple gigs in California, local gigs, and I work the Comedy Cellar here in New York. Nice. And that's pretty much it. I think I'm going to wrap up uh, stand-up in a couple of years. Really? Yeah, it's it's. I love doing it. It's fantastic, but I don't want to go out. I'm kind right, of. Yeah. But, I don't yeah. want to go out in the or you know I know guys that my age or a little younger than me who've gone out on the road, they'll play some crappy club and they come back and say, that's it. I'm done. <laughs> you know, or, you know, they're on a cruise ship and someone has to say, you told that joke before. No, uh, and you've you already, know, you've already, on. you know, kind of hit the gold that most stand up comics start at to use their, their ability to make funny out of anything to maybe get noticed to do other things. And now that you're successful everywhere else, then that takes precedence, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, listen, I after Letterman uh, and I did a couple HBO specials, I, you know, and I, I, I got to uh, appear on Louie as a comedian and actor. So that's pretty much the stand-up has been satisfied for quite a while. I just enjoy doing it. And I, I you know, I, 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 I still come up with new material because it, you know, keeps me fresh and young. But I have I don't have a goal to do a Netflix special. I'd like to do it, you know, but uh, it's not Netflix special. Uh, I just kind of enjoy where I'm at right now. I'd like a few more acting gigs, uh, hopefully. You know, they need an old white guy that's grumpy. I'm there. (laughs) Well, what are you doing when you're not working? Are you still doing daily meditation? Yeah, I I meditate every day. Yeah, but that's just, you know, I'm not sitting out with a fucking robe on the beach. (laughs) I, I, no, I thought it was yeah. all about the outfit. No, I'm just kidding. Forty-eight uh, hour yeah, fasting. No, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna meditate till I start to hover. <laughs> any breakthroughs? But, Have you had any meditative breakthroughs? No, not really. I mean, you just uh, you know, you can't do it wrong. I just kind of relax and enjoy it. 
uh, it's a quicker, like if I find myself losing my temper or getting angry, it's a, it's a shorter trip than it used to be. So it's, it's really good. And, uh, what happened was a couple guys I talked to this is about 15 years ago were mentioned meditation. And, uh, I took it as kind of a sign, uh, not from God, but just from life. So I go, well, maybe I should do it. So I do it. It's not a heavy thing. Uh, I just, you know, close my eyes and breathe for 13 minutes, 13 seconds, because 13 is my lucky number. And, uh, what makes 13 your lucky number? There's got to be a story behind that. There is, uh, my first letterman, November 13th, 1986. Wow. That's cool. And people say, you know, you know, other comedians, you know how how lovely they are. I said, oh, 13. <laughs> you know, oh, 13. That's uh, not uh, 13. So I decided before the Letterman spot, I go, fuck this. 13 is my lucky number. <laughs> and it's it. been Turn my lucky own. number. Yeah, ever since. And, and that was before I was meditate, meditating. So, uh, you know, it, that too was just, uh, just a... Uh, a prime goal for me in my life. So basically I wanted to make a living in this business. Yeah. This October, it'll be 40 years. Wow. Great work in there too. My God. Doing what you love for that long is a true feat. You've been on stage and movies and shows, big films. You've had, you've had your own talk show. I mean, I remember you back from the night after night days on comedy channel. That was before it was comedy central. Those episodes are still popular on YouTube. You still see the clips from the Mike judge and Bill Hicks and uh, Tupac, I think. Yeah, no, Tupac isn't, uh, he, we haven't found the Tupac one. Oh, I've seen the Tupac clip. That's how I know that you you talked to Tupac. Yeah, I I bet I can find that for you. (laughs) Boy, if you can find it for me, send it to me. Okay. Because I got young kids who, not young kids, but comedians who don't believe me. (laughs) You know? No, Um, I could could find that for you. And they're resurrecting uh, popular shows from the past. Would you return to Late Night if the demand was there? Yeah, yeah, if the demand and the money's there, I'll absolutely do it. Oh, that'd be know? great. That was a great show. Thanks. It's funny. On uh, my website, people write, and uh, a lot of people write and say how much they love the show. And so the, the show is this November will be off the air, or December will be off the air, 30 years. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's, that's a long time. That's how long it's been off the air? It's got a cult following, mm-hmm. for sure. Man. It went off the air December 30th, 1992. Wow. Yeah, and my goal after that show, because it was so much a part of my identity, I went through a depression. I go, I'm going to bury this show with work. I'm just going to bury it. And uh, 30 years later, you know, uh, that's true. But the, the, the weird thing is, uh, I went to college, went to Florida State, I majored in theater, and my primary goal when I got to New York was to get on Broadway. And that's the only thing I haven't done. That was the primary goal, and that's the that only thing the, you haven't wow. done. <laughs> that's the only I got. Once I started stand up, I go, it satisfied everything. You have the pipes you know? for Broadway. I was going to say, like, ooh, I definitely see that. You got to be able to reach the people in the back seat. Really you could do that. Yeah. That'd be so good. Well, yeah, it's kind of Mike now. They cheat. Yeah, that's true. I, listen, I just talked to a, a, a Broadway actor. Uh, last year, uh, we said I had done a movie with him years ago, and he, he's a lead in the play. I won't mention his name, but he said, "How would you like to do eight sets a week for an hour, and you have to do it word for word?" I go, "No, I'd hate that." Yeah, you know, I, I mean, uh, listen, it really separates Broadway. Really separates the men from the boys, and the women from the girls, and the and the they from the them. Uh, 
it's it's yeah. it's a brutal schedule and you know it's uh, it's great it's live and it's exciting but stand up has given me that excitement of having a live audience you know? and you get to mix um, it up and you know interact with the crowd do something different if you feel like it or you know yeah. feels more organic yeah. on you know, stand up stage definitely yeah it is it is uh, i mean uh, i have a joke sometimes where i'll reference Anne frank and <laughs> The crowd will go. The crowd will go. Ooh, I go. I go too soon. <laughs> you know. And I'm not making fun of her. I'm making fun. Like someone will say, "Oh, they'll point to a person there." This, and I go, "It was probably your relatives that read it out, Anne Frank." <laughs> and and then the crowd will go. Ooh, I go. Yeah. I go. No, I said this last night. I just came up with the idea. I go. I belong to an organization called Comedy Without Borders. I don't. I don't draw the line anywhere. Oh, oh well, we so love this. Fucking need that. Yeah, wonderful. Like, is that is that a thing? Is it in place? I just said it. It's in place. It is now. Well, yeah. No, that needs yeah. to be put it, out it into, into the ether. Where, yeah. I'll get a petition going. It's a great soundbite. Comedy without can't borders. be offended. Like that. this is in no offensive zone. Like let it fly. Let's get it on the ballot. Yeah. <laughs> and people go nuts. I mean, uh, at Hermosa, which is pretty relaxed crowd and uh, just a great audience. One guy, I asked this guy up front, he said, he, I said, I, I, I like to talk about people's ethnicities and I get to a joke where a guy from India will have a, a name and I'll ask him the meaning of the name and he'll tell me and it's usually something like King or, you know, wise one or mountain. And I say, <laughs> and, I, and I'll say, well, we don't have that in all our culture, you know, what's your name, Mike? What does it mean? Douchebag. You know? <laughs> so right. I, I asked this guy what his ethnicity was. He goes, Persian. I go, that's Iranian. Right. And then this guy from the back, oh, no. white guy, you know, but, oh, hey, guy. no, you can't do that. I go, no, I, I am doing that. He goes, no, stop. I go, no, I'm not stopping. We're not on CNN. This isn't Fox. This is and the crowd went nuts, you know, because I think that is the only place now, even with Ricky Gervais, if you watch his last special, which is fantastic. Mm -hmm. And with Chappelle, you can talk about anything you want. You can make fun or uh, uh, tell jokes about any subject you want. It's like the last place for free speech. It really is. And uh, they're not going to get us. I hope not. Yeah. Fuck no. I hope not. Comedy's been around a long time. It should persist. Yeah, well, listen, Kathy Griffin got fired from CNN for the cutting off Trump's head or whatever that was. But she was just fired from that one show. And CNN is a fucking entertainment channel. It's not a news organization. Right. It's it's licensed at FCC as entertainment. They're not even a goddamn news organization anymore. No, that's true. News hasn't been read since Cronkite. Yeah. Yeah. Associated and, uh, maybe, Press ending everything. Yeah, it's everything now is opinion and, you know, skewered and everybody's very sensitive. So, you know, good for them. Very uh, sensitive. And, and now you're paying it forward. Tell us about Curtain Up, the seminar for students seeking a career in the performing arts. This sounds really interesting. Yeah, I did a few of those seminars. But what happened was uh, I things, you know, I wanted to get another stream of income. This is about 15 years ago. 12 years ago. And so I started, I said, okay, why did it work for me out of college? It took me about two to five years to start making a living. So I said, what worked and what didn't work? So I started asking comedians and actors and people I knew what worked for you post-college and what didn't work for you. And so I put it into a seminar. I put it into just kind of this presentation. And I got online at the time and watched every single 
motivational uh, speaker I could. Zig Ziglar, uh, Tony Robbins, uh, Wes Brown, this guy, uh, Jim Rohn, who was uh, Tony Robbins' mentor. And all this stuff was for free. And I just saturated myself just to find out how they presented it, how yeah. they spoke. And what happened was it reinvigorated me and I started getting auditions. Oh, and it wow. started to work for me. Now, I went and spoke at Florida State. I went to Hamilton College. And I spoke to kids, but I don't think they wanted to hear that. They wanted to, they wanted to see how, how can I be successful? Or what secret? There are no secrets. And this one professor goes, no, so if you want to be a star, this guy is going to tell you how to do it. And I got up on stage and go, if I knew how to be a star, I'd be a star. You know, <laughs> um, I'm just here to give you good advice and what helped me. That's and the pitfalls. Yeah. So I put that on the shelf because I'm working, you know, and I had someone working with me and they kind of crapped out. So, you know, maybe after uh, I quit stand up, I can go back to doing that. But uh, there's anybody out there who, you know, at a college who wants uh, me to come into their theater department or film school or dance school and just talk about my career and go down the advice that I've gotten from many other people. It's not just me. Uh, and so it was, it's kind of a service, you know. And listen, in this business and whatever you do, you always help out younger people. They want to know advice or they see you do something and you inspire people or not, yes. you know. So uh, uh, I, I'd love to get back out there and do it. But right now I'm, I'm pretty busy with stand-up and acting. And even though I've cut back on my stand-up. Yeah, uh, we, we know you got to get to the stand up here pretty soon. How much time? Let's see. Holy crap. You I'm on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Bring us on stage. Please welcome <laughs> to the stage, Alan Havey. <laughs> yeah, this will be the first gig I miss because I'm like blowing smoke up my own ass. <laughs> Just getting crunchy. It's yeah. okay. Yeah. We'll, before we let you go, we like to spend a couple minutes on a game with each guest, and we have a good one for you if you'll indulge us. One of our most popular, in fact. You have a filmography a mile long, lots of well-known projects, and the adult film industry loves to make parodies out of popular shows and films. They've made several based on ones you've appeared in, in fact. <laughs> we like to give you a couple titles, and you okay. tell us which one is a real porn parody and which one is completely made up. So you're going to give me two? I'm going to give you two titles. One is okay. real, one is fake. Okay, go ahead. All right. Three Broke Girls or Rail Caesar. I would say Three Broke Girls. One for one. Oh, wow. Okay. I played an extra in Three Broke Girls. <laughs> I was totally going to get him a real say, Caesar. Blair but... was one of the broke girls. <laughs> <laughs> it was a lovely time. <laughs> Ooh, off to a good start. All right, we'll just do a couple All of right. these. Very Wild Things or Curb Your Orgasm? Very wild things. It's curb your orgasm. Wow. One of these. Jeez. First of all, believe it or not, I know I'm a, a white male, but uh, not a big porn guy. Not a big porn. Are we no. uh, stereotypically? Are we the? Are we the porn crowd? <laughs> I don't know. Listen, it's a. It it's like? a. What is it? It's a ten billion dollar industry, something like that. It's got to be more than that Por now. Porn Inflation. <laughs> yeah. No. So someone's watching it. Someone is watching that. Yeah, not me, but uh, what? Uh, curb your orgasm? <laughs> curb, wow. curb your orgasm. That sounds like a classic right yeah. there. The parodies it's, are big. That sounds counterproductive. It does. <laughs> All right. Curb your orgasm. Isn't that just like daily life? Just hold that <laughs> off to the side. Let's do one more here. Sure. Big rounders 
or bad men? Oh, jeez. I'd say bad men. Oh, that's yeah. correct. He comes out of here a winner. Two out of three. We Nicely got a winner. Done. Oh, Nicely good. Do done. I win anything? Yeah, bragging rights on <laughs> you stage. You win bragging rights on stage and yeah. say, you will not believe the stupid-ass game I was just asked to play. <laughs> but I just won. Yes. Has any of you guys seen Curb Your Orgasm? <laughs> Someone in the crowd um, seen it. Okay. Yeah, workshop. Let, let me just say one thing before I go uh, for your listeners. Uh I've had a, you can go on my IMDb and it looks like I've been busy as hell. Oh. A lot of like uh, auditions I blew. Uh, I, I, I have fucked up a lot in this business. So it's been a long, fun trip, but there's been a lot of pain. But, uh, you know, we're just, we're just talking about the highlight. That's uh, true. Right now. Everyone does like to focus and, on the highlights. That's true. But, uh, but you know, it doesn't, it's great to be discussed, like the honesty of. Well, and every working actor industry. listening to this is nodding their head right now, going, yeah. "Yes, that's right." We yeah. appreciate your hard work, so thank you for everything you've done. No, I, I'm not patting myself on the back. I'm just letting you know it hasn't all been, you know, <laughs> no, and Mad Men. It hasn't been all yeah. billions and Mad Men and Coen Brothers. And... <laughs> Absolutely not. It's been shitty clubs, and they stiff you on pay, and they're snorting cocaine while they're putting money in their pocket. And that's the you know, life. Just... Craziness. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but guys, thanks for having me. So send me a link to this. Yeah. We'll do. Send you a link to this. And when I find Tupac, I'll send you that as well. Again, Mr. Yes. Avey is performing tonight through the weekend at Comedy Cellar Las Vegas. And tickets are still available. ComedyCellar.com. Go to AlanHavey.com to find his upcoming shows, links, and all that good stuff. Keep watching Mad Men and Billions. Have a great set tonight and hope we get a chance to talk again soon. Like thanks, guys. So and, I, I, and I'm appearing tonight with a couple other comedians, one, Marsha Warfield from night court oh, oh cool. nice so wow. if you, and she's a sweetheart to work with so if you're a night court fan and you're listening to this go this guy's a dick you'll see <laughs> you, you can come for and see marsha warfield <laughs> that's awesome we appreciate you thank you again mr avi thank Thanks, you hey thank you guys really appreciate it man all right that's fun. again talk soon bye. bye good man that guy will be on stage within 30 minutes from now in Las Vegas just tearing up a crowd. Yeah. I just, I'm imagining that crashing zone right now. <laughs> they will be going so hard, like flapping their, their flippers, flippers for the fish all... bucket. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's great. He is great. That's so funny. He hasn't done Broadway. I could see him he'd be, doing oh, that. so good. He commands such like a, the audience. So you know that he'd be good in that way in his voice. And that's cool that he showed, you know, kind of an area of this industry that isn't always shown. Like, that's pretty cool that you talked about it. He had just had like a little, hey, let's get real for a second. This has been fun. I appreciate you chugging on my dong. But, yeah. you know, before I go, it's not always like that. No. And it's, it's not, not all, all fucking unicorns and rainbows. It's not all Hamcocks and Giamatti's out there. <laughs> <laughs> um, Fwy, he had to go. I'm not done with this game. Oh, we're still playing. You, you guys ready for like a little round of your own? Of okay. Course. We'll see how we do. See what we got here. From I'm out of beer, but I'll play. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mr. We only got a couple. Mr. Havy's IMDb. He was in the office. That was funny. And there's a bunch of those parodies. Oh, oh yeah. I'm sure. But which one is real? The office slut or the office orgy? Oh, wow. The office slut. No, Blair Cott. Office orgy. He's too good at this. Yeah. This is my yeah. game. Like I, was, I thought I for sure. Got I just it love to let game. Blair go first and embarrass herself. Man, like, I don't know why. Why did you let me go, go first? first? He's so confident with this. All the other games, it's like oh, I'm not sure. Like, we did the Royals. Mm -hmm. He was like, I don't even know. 
I couldn't tell you about this. When it comes to porn, he, his instincts are correct. He hasn't seen these. No, and he knows he, that I'm going to get it wrong immediately. So I've just connected the dots way. between marketing and porn in my life, and I know everything in between those <laughs> genres right there. Baby. I don't think he's missed one Goosebumps or porn title, nope. and now we've done that two or three rounds of that. Nice. Nope. Fun for the whole family. <laughs> the Naked Informant or Handful of Cock? Oh, Handful of Cock. Naked Informant. It's handful of cock. Whoa! Blair. Good. Whoa. Gay porn. Sorry, I didn't know those. Come on. Okay. <laughs> Tight butthole here. <laughs> All right. Bombshell in my pants or glow hole? Oh, glow hole. Bombshell in my pants. Blair comes back. Whoa! Wow, Blair, you're on a tear. You've had a nice little streak of games, even though this was just a little mini game. I'm really proud of you. Still counts. You're doing well. Yeah. <laughs> Hot news. New Dream Card giveaway over at 8080. In addition to the 15% off you get for using code Crunchy, they're offering five times the entries right now, all for a brand new Lamborghini plus $60,000 in cash. You do not want to miss out. Nor do you want to forget to check out SomethingCrunchy.com, where you'll find every episode or links for social media and the Almighty Crunch Store, where you'll find all kinds of Crunchy gear showing that you are a proud citizen of Crunch Nation. Then there's a Something Crunchy Facebook group where it's always a party, but there is a Something Crunchy TikTok page, home of the viral clip about our seven sequel. What up? Blair has made a fire movie poster for eight, and everyone thinks it's real. Gotta love the internet. Oh, I <laughs> love these comments happening. Gotcha, right now. bitch. Yeah, this is fun in digging the engagement. Been on yeah. the wrong platform. <laughs> yeah. Assholes are on TikTok. <laughs> Everybody's over on the talk. Who knew? This has been another episode of Something Crunchy. And as always, don't ever forget to live your crunchiest life. And be crunchy to one another. Please don't forget to subscribe, like, follow, and all that crunchy good shit. Thank you for listening. Hey, everybody. Hey, hey uh, we're having some uh, little difficulty, little technical problems. It'll be up in a minute, but uh, I got some coupons from Omaha Steaks. Huh? Yeah. Yeah, y'all want to win some meat, don't you? Yeah, of course. Of course you do. That's all you care about, prizes. Let's get something. Let's grab something. Throw me a fucking Kit Kat bar. You're just like every other American. All they want is something to eat and something to fuck, and they're happy. Do you have any idea what's going on in the world? Any idea? Nope. Just let me have my steak. You just sit there and flap your flippers every time you see the fish bucket, you fucking morons. Can we get security? Security now, please. Look at you. Sitting on your asses, standing in line at the Apple store. You know they're gonna have the same product next week, but no, you gotta have it now. You gotta have it now. And by the way, don't touch me, guys. Don't touch me. And you know what I said? You were a great audience? I lied. You're a shitty audience. And Gwen, nobody gives a fuck about your birthday.